You are listening to Creating Phenomenal for Your Life, episode number 13, The Beauty of Discomfort. This is Creating Phenomenal for Your Life. I'm your host, Dina George, MD, a lover of learning, a life and weight loss coach, and a family medicine doctor. This podcast is about mindset. What contributes to a life that thrives versus one that is stuck? We'll talk about many things, some related to coaching, some related to health, and some related to your questions, thoughts, and prompts. The ultimate goal of this podcast is to celebrate where we're at and give form to where we're going in our perfectly imperfect journey to a phenomenal life and give high fives along the way. Thanks for being here. Welcome back. I'm glad you're here today. Some success to share with you, and that's a new course. It's done. It's developed. It's ready. (laughs) And it's titled Better Sleep for High Achievers and Overthinkers. This is an online video course specifically for professionals whose minds work just as much at night as they do during the day. So it's intended to help you get to sleep faster, stay asleep longer, and stop fighting with your mind. If you're in, email me, dina at georgemdcoaching.com, and I'll send you the link to the course. And here's the best news of all, besides the fact that it's for you. It's totally complimentary. (laughs) So that's what I have been working on, and I learned a lot in that process. I learned how to make comfort with videos and seeing myself rather than hearing myself alone, and That is what led to the topic for today. The beauty of discomfort. It kind of sounds like an oxymoron, doesn't it? Beautiful discomfort. But I'll tell you it's not. And today's discussion is really on why discomfort is important and encouragement to embrace it. And we're specifically talking about the discomfort of personal growth, not any other discomfort in life. In a few different podcasts, we've touched on what happens with our minds when we want to make a change, plan to make a change, encounter something new, and that's our mind can totally freak out, like a serious toddler tantrum freak out. And I think most people experience it on some level. Maybe others have a very mild freak out. Others have a pretty drastic one. I know my mind as an overthinker, it's very active, easy to arouse, and it really gets freaked out. (laughs) It sends messages on this isn't going to work. Clearly, this is not going to work. Or you're going to die. Or it's too good to be true. That It can't be that easy. There must be something wrong. So what does it look like for you? When you are taking some initiative or at least planning or thinking about making change, what does it look like for you? Usually, the greater the change or the perceived risk, the stronger the message is. Because there's this status quo in our minds, meaning stay comfortable, stay in the same pattern or routine, don't get the nervous system all triggered or fired up. It's not based on being efficient or effective. It is just based on keeping the nervous system calm. So we continue to do the same things to remain in that comfortable place. Take no risks, keep the balance, maintain the peace, calm nervous system. Have you ever had a friendship where you tried something new or different or you wanted to, 
and the other person looked at you like you have three eyes, (laughs) like they have no interest in doing anything different. They don't want to even talk about anything different and get a little bit frustrated that the idea was even suggested. It's the same thing with our minds. So as a way to work around it, we try to change our actions, like say, I'll start going to the gym. I'll stop eating cookies when I get home from work. I'm going to be more organized. And for a time, we can override our minds. We can ignore that doubt or fear, or just try to push through it a little bit. Maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. We tell ourselves, okay, if I just work harder, if I'm more focused, then I can do it. So we try and try for a time, and then it becomes too uncomfortable. It's like our mind, it just gets flooded with all this evidence to prove that whatever it is that we're trying or we want, it's just not going to work, or that it doesn't matter, or it's too hard. Um, so returning back to that safe place, that pre-change place, that our mind tries to present that as the only option. (laughs) You have to go back. You can't go forward. There's not an option. I shared in an earlier podcast that I studied abroad and it was after college. So I arrived there and there were four of us from the US. We were all in a, a biomedical sciences program for a year. And the university had no idea that we were coming. Like the specific department we were going to, they hadn't heard that we were coming. There was no preparation. All of their classes were in the country's language. Nothing was in English. And I remember about a week after being there, maybe two, that I called home one day and I talked with my dad about this experience, that nothing was planned. We didn't know what was going to happen. I was really missing home. I didn't know how the year was going to go. And his response, which I think is what most people would say was, come home. You tried. You did your best. There's no shame. Just come home. It's a response that's based on safety in the familiar, comfort in the familiar. I was the first one in our family to travel outside the U.S., so that was already a big deal. Like I was blazing trails. (laughs) And I was continuing to push my family outside of their comfort zone. So imagine, this is the early 90s. This is before internet and email and cell phones. And it was outrageously expensive to call internationally, but we did it. We figured it out. The discomfort at the time, though, was incredible. Like I could physically feel it. My mind was stirring. And I, all I could think about was, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know that this was a good decision. And man, I was paying. Like I was financially paying to, to experience this. And I'll tell you, I could not see the beauty. The country was beautiful, but all I could see was the unease or the discomfort that was going on. So fast forward, it's been 20 plus years. And I'll tell you, looking back, that there was so much beauty available during that time. Like I can see it during that time. I can see it since that time. There's beauty in knowing that stretching myself in that manner was essential to keep growing. That's exactly what I needed on my path and journey. Beauty in learning how to create connections and to learn a completely unfamiliar system on how to get things done. Learning to how to trust others when I have no idea what the rules are. So really relying on those who were part of the country to help to teach me and show me uh, when I needed to get something done or to understand a system. And it was very simple things like I needed to purchase a bicycle because there was no transportation to the center where classes were held. 
But it wasn't an intuitive system, and this is way before Craigslist. Beauty in knowing that I would only have that experience once. I would only be new once. There would only be this time of discomfort, learning about the program and how things were going to be accomplished once. And then in seeing how much there was for me to learn, and that I can create my own comfort, my own sense of safety, and I can figure out how to calm my nervous system down. And there's absolute beauty in being raw and imperfect. What we naturally want to do with discomfort, we want to rationalize it away. Like, I'm just being silly. It didn't mean anything. It wasn't a big deal. Or pretend it didn't occur. Try to block it out of our minds, at least while we're awake. We want to run away or change course or find something to soothe ourselves, either to mask it, maybe by indulging in something like cookies in the pantry or something else. We as a society, we don't do discomfort. We don't encourage it. And we sure as heck don't celebrate it. So my dad wanted to protect me. He couldn't change my reality across the phone, but he could encourage me to change my own reality and come back to the familiar. And perhaps that would ease his discomfort as well. So we don't speak of the beauty of our minds throwing a tantrum. We don't find beauty in our heart that just feels like it's going to beat out of our chest or our hands that are shaking or those problems that are spinning around in our mind that we don't really have solutions for because it scares us. It feels out of control. We feel alone. We feel like this could never have happened to somebody else. This is only me. This is only now. And and we feel perhaps a sense of shame about it. So we really get into the throes of that discomfort and start to feed it for a while, looking for escape, but really just adding to it, adding to it. And then maybe we lash out because we hate discomfort and maybe go looking for the cookies. So why even care about discomfort, especially after what I just covered? Much less become neutral or dare I say, embrace it simply because we can. Like seriously, we can. We can stop seeing it as something to fear. And I'm going to say it again. We, you, me, we can stop seeing discomfort as something to fear. We don't have to run away. We don't have to get upset or protect others from it. We can simply shift our mindset to see it as a rite of passage, to see it as a rite to passage into what we're living for. It is something that we must pass through. What's ahead of us is more the life that we're working to create and what we want. And what we leave behind because we traveled through that discomfort is the doubt and the fear and the uncertainty. Our ability to manage discomfort is what sets us apart from others. My coach said one time, You have incredible range and ability to understand where people are coming from. Here's the translation. You've sucked up a lot of discomfort and figured out how to keep going, (laughs) which is totally true. And I'll tell you, I've developed a few superpowers because of it. One of them is being able to cut through the BS and get to what's really going on. And the second one is to really sense what someone is saying to me by taking The words, the way they're said, the body language, and summarizing it. 
being able to tell them what I hear them saying, what I see them saying in a way that completely blows their minds. Like they had no idea at all what was going on for them, especially if it was heavy or overwhelming until they hear it back. And when they hear it from me, sometimes it brings a sense of relief like, yeah, wow. Sometimes it's overwhelm because it's a little scary. They had no idea what was going on. And that's the value when they hear it from another person's voice. So back to our story. As you start to embrace discomfort a little bit more, here's what you see. Others who are afraid. Those who are running away. Those who try, quit, or never try at all. And you stop believing the excuses on why things didn't work out and start to see the truth. It's because it was scary and uncomfortable. You also start to ask different questions, more effective questions of yourself and of the people around you, and you become stronger. So that's what builds confidence that we can stand within our own discomfort and know our truth. The truth of whatever this is, it's temporary. It's like a storm. It will not last forever. The truth that we are not alone and that we can handle any emotion An emotion is a sensation in our body. It's a vibration. It's a response to our thinking. And we don't have to be afraid. Discomfort is a road marker to growth, and it's part of our journey. I'm always amazed at wise people. And what amazes me the most is that they weren't born that way. (laughs) They had to try and learn and fall and get up and try again and apply and reflect and continue to learn along the way. These are people that have grit and courage. Have you ever read any Maya Angelou books? Her stories are amazing. They are packed full of wisdom, and she managed incredible amounts of discomfort and growth and translated that into wisdom. So wise people, they learn that there is no failure that they can always pick themselves back up, that they are the only ones to limit themselves, and that there's a price to our dreams. We pay with the discomfort of what we are willing to go through, and that's to evolve into what we need to become. So notice what we need to become may or may not be what we want to become. That's evolution to get wherever it is we are going. Discomfort means that we are on exactly the right path. When you set a goal and you're scared and you're uncomfortable, then you've set one worth striving for. And it will require you to evolve. Evolve your thinking. Because the person at that goal, they think differently. They practice differently. They interact differently. Discomfort provides the opportunity to trust. To not have to soothe to not seek relief, but to just sit and trust. Trust like your journey is worthy and correct and not meant to be easy. So as we are able to manage discomfort, it allows us to see others' discomfort and to not have to soothe it. We can actually celebrate it with them and for them. We can say, hooray, what a terrific opportunity this is. You are going to learn so much. Saying that especially because most people won't see it that way. 
they'll want to run away. We don't do discomfort, except we do. (laughs) Discomfort is also a marker of time. It's this place for this reason at this time. And we're only going to go through it once and it will pass. And that's beauty. So here's what discomfort can do for you when you allow it. Number one, it can be your confirmation that you are on exactly the right path. Number two, it can help you to evolve into whatever you need to become to reach the next step in your dream or goal or whatever it is you're working towards. Number three, provide evidence that you can trust yourself no matter what. Number four, give you the opportunity in the future to look back and be proud of yourself. No matter how the situation was handled or the evolution was handled, you can be proud and celebrate that you went through it and you came out a different person and you came out with learning that is either is now or will be wisdom. And finally, number five, to see it in others and celebrate it for them, especially if they are not celebrating the transition and the discomfort that they're going through. And that's the difference between a good life and a phenomenal one. I'm sending you all my best and a high five, and I'll see you next time. Are you getting enough sleep? Or is your mind disrupting the process? I'm so pleased to offer the Better Sleep for High Achievers and Overthinkers course. It's exactly what you need to tame your mind and fall asleep faster and stay asleep longer. It's complimentary and packed full of information that you can use right away. Email me, dina at georgemdcoaching.com, and I'll send you the link.